0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. Okay, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler talking about money and investing, You know, one of the things that we often find with people, they are really hesitant to go out and invest. They're kind of worried about the future. And quite often, the reason that they're worried about the future is that they have an issue with just kind of living above means, right? You ever seen where somebody is just like living way, way? uh, There was a book called The Millionaire Next Door. A millionaire next door what they did was they went and interviewed people that were wealthy and what surprised them it it was kind of a fun read actually it's an older book but it's a fun read because they have these interviews this guy goes out and does these does these interviews and he, he rents these really really nice you know penthouse type of suites, and he brings in caviar and wine and and all of these things that he thinks his wealthy people are gonna really like and they're like, going, you have any cheese? <laughs> you have any beer? You know, I don't necessarily want the expensive beer either. I want, you know, the, whatever. Rot cut. You know, can you give me that stuff? And, you know, it, it just surprises them so much. And and he, and then he goes out and, and interviews this one guy. is a Texas rancher. And the Texas rancher, you know, he goes out there and, and he sees this guy all dirty and he's, you know, he goes, "Are uh, you looking for me?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm looking for so and so, you know, I'm supposed to interview him." And he goes, "Yeah, you're looking for me." He says, "You know, you're you're probably not expecting what you just saw, right? Me? You know, where I am and what I look like and what I'm how I'm dressed and all that." And he says, "Most people," he says, "big hat, no cattle." You know, typically they'll have a really super super nice house. And this this is true. You'll find this many times people have super, super nice exterior of the house, but you walk inside and it's just, you know, empty. They don't have any furniture. They don't have any you know kind of any, anything very nice inside or anything like that. Or they drive a super, super nice, beautiful car to work and you go back to their house. And it's and I remember, you know, walking into an apartment one time I was doing financial planning and they had a beautiful couch, beautiful TV, beautiful everything. And I'd come to find out that it was all rented. You know, rented furniture. And I was like, whoa, eye-opening time for Paul. So, you know, just in general, I just want to talk when we're, if you're just getting started, you really don't know what to do to get started. You know, think about making sure that you got a good view on what debt is. And, you know, the idea behind debt, it can be a trap and it can be tool. It can be a tool, but there can be tactics regarding debt. And I often point out that there are two types. One is debt on depreciating items. And that is the idea that, you know, maybe you're going to buy clothing, you're going to buy furniture, you're going to buy cars, you're going to buy something uh, that depreciates in value and borrow money to buy it. And then there's debt on appreciating items. And that would be an example of like school, you know, school loans, uh, because you're an appreciating item if you're going and getting the right kind of education. Now, granted, you can get the wrong type of education. And get a basket weaving degree, and it's probably not going to help you a lot. But you know, you also can look at you know what type of work that I can do. Now, some people worry. Let let me hit this as a caveat because uh, a friend of mine does a lot of counseling, and he does a lot of career counseling. And one of the things he likes to tell kids because they come in and they go, "I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be." And, you know, they want to get some kind of an education, and he's big on education, as, I, as am I. You know, and sometimes getting a college degree is not necessary. Let, let me be the first to tell you that. But one of the things that I really liked about it is it introduced me to all kinds of different things because I went and I took courses in science. I took courses in English. I took courses in economics. I took courses in business and and math. And and what it helped me is figure out what I did want to do, and it helped me figure out my direction as a result. So I, I did a lot of different types of courses. And what happened is it gave me a general direction that I wanted to be math, I wanted to be finance, and I wanted to be in economics. And I also took psychology too, and it turned out to be really helpful because in dealing with money, you're dealing with a lot of psychology. As a matter of fact, there was an article, uh, and and it was I was funny because a, a good friend of mine was the one that introduced me the idea of putting psychology and using psychological concepts in the financial planning. But it was the rise of Fin Psych is what the article is entitled, and it's the intersection of psychology and financial planning. It goes mainstream. Well, it's only about twenty five years after we started doing it here. Yeah, you know, so it's like yeah, you know, they finally kind of got it that's a good idea. But that was something I was introduced to 30 years ago in college. Thankfully, introduced to 40 years. 40 years? Gosh. <laughs> yes, it is 40 years. Uh but anyway. Oh man. Um yeah, math is is my thing. <laughs> I'm just trying to forget that math. <laughs> But, you know, what happens so often is people say, oh, you know, debt is sinful and all debt is bad. And I tell people, be careful regarding that. Now, I say, because if you have a savings account or if you have bonds or anything like that, the logical extension is you're lending money to people, aren't you? So you're forcing them into sin if you think that all debt is sinful. It's a tool. So don't necessarily, you know, don't go that far. You know it, it can be it can be irresponsibly used though is, is one of the things that I point out but corporate corporations use debt for convenience uh, sometimes you can use debt on appreciating items like education uh, you know like uh, your business or your house or, or something like that and it's just, it's fine okay uh, and, and some people say well I'm gonna pay off my mortgage as soon as possible well, maybe it maybe not be a bad idea sometimes it's a good idea sometimes it's not I basically tell people my job is to give you the tools give you the numbers to give you the information and you make your decision because I don't make that decision. It's, you know, that's it's partly that's what I like to make sure that you're a partner in the financial planning process for that reason. But what happens is that often debt is used to live above people's means. And that's what I want you to keep in mind is sometimes people go out and they do retail therapy. They go out and spend money because they're bored. uh, They use it to overcome boredom. They try to relive their past uh, and they try, you know, try to try to impress people that they don't like with money that they don't have. Uh, They may be filling a hole in their their heart because, you know, they they're trying to impress people that, you know, that. Because you don't feel like you're enough, that could be the psychology coming in, right? I'm not enough, so I'm going to go out and buy a really, really nice car so people do think that I'm actually successful. Um, You might be buying importance, you know, from time to time. That may be what's actually going on. Uh, And you're trying to be important with people uh, so you look good to them. Uh, But sometimes it's just poor or no planning that people get into debt. You know, maybe sometimes they 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 don't think about the fact that their air conditioner is going to break, or the roof is going to leak, or the car is going to be need need to be replaced. So often, I will tell people to think about those types of things and set up sinking funds. And that's what that's what corporations do. They put money aside for purchases in the future. You know, making sure that you have health insurance and disability insurance and and long-term care, you know, if that's necessary. Uh, you're looking at those types of things because that can put you in debt. Health issues often, A lot of I never forget a lady that I actually worked with one time, and she thought that her health insurance policy was fine. And I said, no, it's not. It has schedules on it. She wouldn't listen to me. I was selling health insurance at the time. She ended up with cancer, called me back, and she says, Paul. And I th- never thought I'd ever hear from her again. This time, At this time, like I said, I was selling health insurance. Paul, can you come back? And I said, yeah, I'll come back. Sure, absolutely. I remembered her. And I, I remember to this day, I remember exactly where her business was because I will never forget walking in that door and her telling me that she had cancer and she had something like a $50,000 claim and she only had $3,000 coverage from her insurance policy because they had a schedule on it. It was something I had pointed out to her and something she never thought would come back to bite her. You know, so in general, what I tell people about saving is that there are two types of people in the world. There are those that save first and spend what's left over, and there are those that spend first and save what's left over. Now, let's get this, because there is typically nothing ever left over when you spend first. You know, if I have anything left over, I'll save it for the future. Now, that doesn't work very well. I always reverse those. Save first, and then spend everything that's left over, because then what ends up happening is you you actually adjust your budget around what you have left. You know, so what'll happen is you go you you save ten percent, twenty percent of your income and you live off of 80 to 90% of it and then what happens is you actually will adjust your lifestyle so that you can live on 80 to 90% of what your income was and that i learned from reading the book the richest man in babylon from george clason he actually wrote about this and he said hey how much do you make i make 30,000 what do you make 40,000 what do you make 50,000 and he said if you make different incomes how do you all end up with the same amount of money left over zero and it was the idea that you should pay yourself first. You pay your telephone bill. You pay your electric bill. You pay your insurance bill. You pay the plumber, the nurse, or you know whatever. Pay yourself first. You know, so make sure that you do that. You order it that way where you save first and then spend what's left over. And if you look at the average savings data in our country, it's not pretty. You know, it's the average. Uh, the, when I did this workshop a couple of years ago, and I found that the savings data was that for people between the ages of 40 and 44, on average, they only had about $100,000 saved. Uh, ages 65, it was only 200000 I mean, really, really, really low. Uh, there are a lot of people that are, you know, 50% of the population don't have any savings when they get to retirement you know so what happens is that if you look at what you want to have accumulated there are rules of thumb out there when you're in your 60s you might have 10 times your average annual salary you know that's one rule of thumb but it really depends on you, you know, watch out for rules of thumb because they sound good but the reality of it is rules of thumb are just that you may need lots more based on your situation may need lots less because you got a great pension or something like that. You know, so really really think about debt and the trap that it can actually cause for you because quite often it's accumulated for all the wrong reasons. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.